I wanted to give a shout out to you, my listeners, for all of the support over the last year and a half or so since I started the podcast. It has gone from strength to strength. We have reached nearly 18,000 listens at this stage. So I'm absolutely delighted. I'm over the moon. I recently checked the podcast stats and in February, for the first time ever, I reached over 2,000 listens for the podcast in any one month. If you don't already know, I'm usually on LinkedIn Live every week. There's no set time because obviously we're managing different time zones and things like that with guests. But I am typically over there and I would very much welcome any questions that you have on the most recent podcast. If you want to listen live, you can also listen to the replay and you can let us know what you think in the comments over there as well. If we're not already connected on LinkedIn, feel free to connect with me. You will find a link in the show notes below. You will also find a link on my website, happieratwork.ie. If you would like to connect with me, just mention how you know me and I'd be happy to accept your request. I have also recently been nominated or should I say shortlisted for an award from Digital Women for Podcast of the Year. And I absolutely couldn't have done that without you and your support. So thank you so much for the ongoing support. I really, really appreciate it. You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. It's yours to take. Whatever it is that you aspire, it is yours to take. Anything and everything's attainable. But I think the hardest part is just reaching that decision, right? To, to do it, right? Uh, to say, hey, I want it. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien, and I'm delighted that you joined us here today. My guest today is Liang Chung, who is the founder and CEO of Palora Stack. She's a HR strategist, a speaker, a career coach, instructor, and a learning content designer. Myself and Liang met originally at an event with Landing Point is an online event based in the States. And Liang was speaking all about how organizations can use development strategies in order to retain staff. And it was a particularly insightful presentation. I really enjoyed it, but it also tied in a lot with what I've done my research on around retaining staff by focusing on values, needs and strengths. So there was a bit of crossover there. We had a great conversation afterwards and I invited her to come along on the podcast. Liang has a career spanning more than 15 years as a HR executive and trusted advisor, where she partnered with business leaders to lead and scale transformational changes. She specializes in helping companies successfully transition from one business phase to the next. She has an MA in organizational psychology from Columbia University with a specialization in change leadership. She is also on the board with Global Connections for Women, that's GC4W, Growing up with limited resources, she experienced what it's like to be underestimated and the importance of access in order to get ahead. Coaching, mentoring and helping other underestimated people succeed is what gives her purpose. 
In today's episode, Liang shares some really key insights about what happens to minority women when they try to succeed in their own careers and really outlines how to get from A to B, which is often a real struggle that they have. So they know where they want to be, but they just don't know how to get there. I really liked that a lot of what we discussed tied in with some of the blocks that all women have when it comes to managing their careers. And we talk a little bit about a book that I recently finished called How Women Rise, which was recommended to me by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. Again, there will be a link to that in the show notes, or if you want to head over to my website, I have done a summary of some of the key points that I took from that book, which I am recommending to everyone. I found it absolutely fantastic, really insightful, and very relatable for anyone who is a woman or anyone who supports women in the workplace to get ahead. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. As always, please join us on social media, get involved in the conversation. I would love to hear of your own experiences. What's going on for you? What did this bring up? Join us on the conversation on LinkedIn, especially, and you will find all details in the show notes. Or if you want to connect with me, go to happieratwork.ie and you will find all of my links there. Welcome, Liang, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you as my guest today. We met when you spoke at an event in New York. And I say spoke at an event in New York, I mean, of course, online in this day and age uh, that I attended a number of months ago um, with Landing Point. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I thought I have to get this lady onto the podcast. So you're very welcome as my guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself and, and tell listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Well, um, thank you so much for inviting me uh, to to join you on your podcast and have this conversation. Um, it was it was great meeting you at the event. Um, my name is Liang Chung. I am the founder and CEO of a business that I actually launched uh, during COVID called Polaris Stack. And what we do at Polaris Stack is we partner with fast growing companies that are looking to uh, increase the capabilities of their HR and people operations teams uh, by teaching them uh, new skills through an experiential learning program that's customized to them. And I also am excited that um, the business has expanded into an additional area that has uh, triggered a a real passion um, inside of me is uh, working and um, helping diverse women and non-binary people uh, develop um, their professional skills um, and, and professional development in order to advance in their career whether this is internally within the current companies that they're in or to make a career change in their life. Um, so I'm super, super excited about the work there and um, have been connecting with some really wonderful clients. And, um, and it's been, it's been um, I don't know, it's just brought a lot of joy and, and purpose to the work that I'm doing. Brilliant. I mean, it sounds really, really interesting and kind of timely for me in that I've recently finished reading the book called, it was recommended to me a few, probably around Christmas time. And I got around to reading it just recently. And it's called uh, How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. So for anyone who hasn't read that book, it's definitely worth reading, whether you're a woman or whether you want to support women at work. So I would love to know more about how you work with these diverse women. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for the book recommendation. Always looking for for new books. I haven't read that one specifically, but I can't wait to check it out. I'm curious to know whether or not 
the the kind of things that you talk about are related to what they they talk about in the book whether it kind of applies to to everyone essentially um so I'd love to yeah. know more about that so let's let's dive right in yeah well one of the things that I have learned through this experience and and working with some of the the clients that I've um that I've had so far in this space is um a lot of the women I work with they know what their goals are um, they know what it is that they want to achieve. So it's not about going through a discovery process of trying to figure out, uh, I'm unsure about what I want to do, or I'm sure about this. They have a vision and they have a dream for themselves, right? And their biggest challenge is how do I get from point A to point B? It's like, Liang, I have always aspired to be X and I have aspired to, the, to be X um, for a few years, right? Or it, it's something that I discovered during COVID, but I'm just really struggling on, you know, how do I build a roadmap um, or how do I build a project plan um, to manage my career and get from point A to point B? And so what we do um, is... Uh, you know, if, if from a very collaborative way is, um, you know, I do an intake of understanding what their, what their end goal is, right. And how they like to work and what are some of the struggles that they have in, in, uh, that's, you know, the things that are really getting in the way and what are some of the things that, um, you know, that really piques their interest, right? That, um, you know, really speaks to their strengths. And then how can we leverage those things? How we can, how can we utilize those things, right? As part of their journey um, to get from point A to point B. Um, just to give you an example, I've spoken to so many women who say, I, um, I really struggle in the area of networking. Like networking is just this really, dirty word to me. I don't like it or um, I'm doing it, but I don't know how to do it well. Uh, I'm not really getting the results that I need um, or I'm just not, I'm not carving out enough time to do it. And one of the uh, coaching, you know, methodologies that I use or the approach that I use is, um, you know, how, how can we reframe what networking is and what it means to you um, so it doesn't feel like this really icky process, right? It doesn't feel uncomfortable. It doesn't feel challenging. It's something that you resist. And so um, one of the models that I use, because I used to be one of those resistors to networking, is um, it's really about developing relationships with people I enjoy talking to. Once I reframe what networking is to that, um, I started to really embrace it because I crave conversations with people that I enjoy learning from, that I enjoy speaking to, that I enjoy, um, you know, that's, that's filling me in, in some way. Um, and the more I get to do that, um, the more um, purpose I feel, right? And then also um, the happier I am, right? Um, because I'm making these connections and I'm growing, um, you know, I'm growing my circle and I'm building these these really, really meaningful relationships with people. And, and that is one of the, the methods that you, that, you know, my clients can use, right? And apply to their process, right? So that, they start to embrace it and see it as this really positive thing that they actually look forward to versus something that's like really scary and uncomfortable, right? That they shy away from. Yeah. That's so interesting because that is one of the behaviors that is identified in that book, actually. 
um, is this concept of essentially what it says is that women are very good at building relationships. And it's, it's interesting, the, the kind of difference in the terminology, isn't it? So if you call it networking, then it becomes something a little bit sleazy and icky. If you call it relationship building, then it becomes, you know, it's a mindset shift and it's more about, oh yeah, no, I love to build relationships and I love meeting new people. The, the struggle that is identified in the book in particular is leveraging that network. So women are great at going out and actually meeting people and building relationships, but they're more like friendships. And so it's taking it to that next level beyond where you're leveraging that network in some way without feeling like you're using someone, without feeling like you're taking advantage mm-hmm. And knowing very clearly the value that you bring to that relationship as well, that you're not just simply asking someone else for something or asking them for a favor. You have something to, to bring to that relationship and you know very clearly what that is as well. So um, it's, it's a really, really interesting concept and a really interesting differentiation, I think, between those different levels. So you kind of have the relationship building and then the, the difference between relationship building versus networking. But then beyond that, it's how do I leverage that network to, to my greater good? And, and in the case that you're speaking about, how do I leverage that network to grow my career or to progress? Yeah, uh, that is such a good point that you're raising. So, and it's, a, it's, it's another aspect, right, to that process that um, I, I see my clients struggle with is that, okay, now I, I worked up the nerve to talk to reach out to this person and I had a really great conversation and I had some great conversation starters and, you know, we had a laugh and, and it, was, it was great, but I, um, how, you know, where do I take it from there? Yeah. And um, there is this very transactional nature, right, to that traditional definition of networking where, hey, I'm reaching out to you because there's a specific agenda that I have and I want to get something out of it. And, um, you know, and, and and that's the reason why we're, we're interacting, right, which is feels, it feels a little distant, right, from that concept of relationship building. Um, and what I, um, you know, what I, I challenge my clients to think about is, um, you know, how are, you know, what were some of the takeaways from that conversation in the perspective of what kind of value were you bringing to that person? Right. Um, did that person that you connect with learn something from you that enrich their life or enrich their career um, or enrich their, uh, add it to their personal growth in some way. And that's one thing that we sometimes overlook and we don't give ourselves enough credit for. It's, you know, maybe that person really needed a laugh in their day. Maybe that person, you know, and I provided that for them. Maybe that person, um, you know, they, they um, haven't been able to, 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 you know, connect with someone outside of their, um, you know, immediate company or immediate work or immediate team. And I provided that to that person mm. and I added value to that person, right, in, in this way. Maybe that person was feeling a little low um, and um, felt as though they weren't 
serving some kind of higher purpose. And by me reaching out to them and showing them that their background or the, you know, the knowledge that they had could add value to me, mutually created this benefit to them. Right. Um, And it feels, you know, really, really positive. And so when you have offered someone that, right? Whatever that is, um, whether it's that, that feeling of purpose, that feeling of fulfillment or a feeling of connection or a feeling of, um, adding, you know, like a brief moment of joy and happiness, um, people are attracted to that and they want more Mm. of that. You know, they, 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 that carries a pretty heavy weight. And what I find in those conversations is that, um, you know, I leave that conversation with the person saying, when can we do this again? Let's, let's schedule a follow-up, yeah. you know, like, can we do this in a few more weeks? Because I just, I love your energy and I love, you know, talking to you or I just, I really enjoyed this conversation yeah. or they'll say you know, me, you know, as an entrepreneur, they'll, they'll often end it with, you know, this, this conversation was so enjoyable. Um, is there anything that I can do to help you out? Yeah. Yeah. And that is the best feeling. It's like when you get to that point and it wasn't, may not necessarily have been the intention, you know, I didn't go into it necessarily with like, Hey, you know, I want to get this, you know, out of it or that out of it. I just went in purely for the intention of building a relationship. And that's what ends up resulting from it is that you gain this genuine support, um, and this genuine, um, you know, desire from the other person to, to try and, and help you out, right, yeah. in some way. And that is just this really beautiful thing about, you know, building those relationships. And you just never know um, unless you ask, right, unless you, you do it. And it's so, it becomes so addictive, um, you know, when, when you have those moments where it's like, wow, this is really, this is really powerful. It's really working. Um, and I want to do more of this. Um, and, and then, and then you start to build these really great habits around relationship building and networking. Um, and you really start to see how that has a tremendous positive impact on your career overall and your visibility. It sounds to me, Liang, like you are going in with the intention of giving and, of providing value to someone else and that therefore you're, you're not going in with the attitude of what can I get out of this relationship you're going in with an open mind saying okay I have some value to add to this conversation and the result is that someone sees your value and wants to support you in your business so I think it's a really mm-hmm. really great approach yeah it's a it's a good um point and I I very much subscribe to that mindset when I when I go in it's just hey this person's background looks really interesting or I'm really curious about their work on you know this book that they're writing or this conference that they're putting together or this podcast right that they're doing and and it yeah it comes from a place of just pure curiosity mm. right to learn and to um you know to to get to know this person and and then in return I end up you know, gaining, you know, this something out of it, right. Which wasn't the initial intention. Um, but it's just kind of, it feels a little bit of like an added bonus Mm. to be honest with you. Right. Um, because I, um, it's just completely unexpected. Um, And I just, I've really, 
It is, yeah. And I, I really have come to, to embrace, embrace those moments. Brilliant. And so what are some of the other challenges that, that kind of happen? Or um, if you want to talk maybe about some of the other steps that you take in helping these women to progress their careers. So the, the other thing that I see, and I used to actually experience this a lot when I was working internally leading um, HR and, and talent people operations at, at different companies, is that they see their goal and what they want. But what's missing, right, um, in terms of getting from point A to point B are the milestones and the steps in between. Oh, yeah, so this okay. is the project management aspect, right, of, you know, if you're, if you're working on a project, um, one of the things that you do is, um, you know, you create a project plan. And that project plan has deadlines, it has actions, it has owners, it has milestones, um, and then it has like a final date, right, of like, let's say you're launching a new system um, or a new software solution, there's a go live date, right, and that's the end goal. However, our approach, um, and I, I, I say our because I've done this before, right, um, so I'm speaking from personal experience, is we don't do that when it comes to our career. Mm. We just look at, oh, that's my end goal and I'm just going to make it happen. It's going to happen in this date. But we don't actually build in these steps, right, um, in our project plan, right, in order to get to that end career goal. Mm. And so when we fall short because we realize we didn't put all these steps in between, we get really disappointed. And what I do um, in the work that I'm doing now with my clients is helping them build that roadmap, helping them build that project plan, looking at their entire career as a project in and of itself, right? And um, you are the project manager of your career, and you're also not doing it alone because there are going to be other people who are playing key roles, right, um, in helping you navigate that process and navigate that journey to help amplify you and to help you get to the get the results that you're looking for at the end and that's where the networking is crucial that's where the networking comes in that being able to tap into that network mm -hmm. and build new relationships but i love this idea of turning it into a project plan because you're so right we don't take responsibility for managing our careers and um, for me i kind of don't think I managed my career at all. I had an idea of, wow, I'd love to be CEO of this organization one day, which was very aspirational and had no idea of the steps of how to get there. Really genuinely had no idea of, of how to get there. I ended up obviously leaving that organization to set up my own business and therefore I can call myself CEO, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got there. <laughs> I got there. I got there. I'm at the top of this one person organization right now. It's, it's growing though. It's growing. Um, but I, I do like this idea of putting a bit more intention behind it and a bit more of the milestones because sometimes when we set those goals, the goals are just too big that we don't really know. And exactly like you say, you reach a certain point and you're like, well, I haven't got there yet. But if you set those smaller milestones, you're like, okay, if I can get promoted within the next two to three years, then I'll be on my way. But how do you break that down into even smaller chunks? Okay, well, I need to have this difficult conversation with my boss or I need to, uh, I need to expand my network. I need to, and, and breaking it down 
into really tiny pieces. And when you achieve those pieces, you start to feel a great sense of momentum then that you're building towards something. And then you reach your first milestone and you're like, okay, great. I can celebrate now. I've reached this milestone on my journey towards getting this kind of bigger career ambition. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so key. Um, And, and that, and celebrating those hitting those milestones along the way is so is such an important aspect of that process, right? Um, you know, it, it's it's yes, it's getting to that 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 big goal, right? At the end of the you know at the, at the end of this journey, but it's also you know what kind of progress are you achieving along the way, and how are you growing throughout that process? What are you learning, um, and how have you um, enrich yourself, um, you know, during, during each step of the way. And also after hitting each milestone, that's, that's part of that, that process that, um, is so much fun. Um, and it, it's, it plays such a significant role, um, in, you know, the sense of like having real, uh, fulfillment mm. in your career and what you're doing. And, um, you know, we miss out on those things. If we don't, if we don't look at it in that way. Um, and that's just, um, you know, to me, it was, it's just a bummer, right? Because I, I, I've learned to really enjoy those small wins, um, and, and celebrating, you know, multiple times along the way until I, until I get to that, that big goal. Um, you know, one of the things that is, a it's, it's a very common practice that I, I hear uh, people do or give advice on is to talk to people who are in the type of uh, profession or the type of role that you aspire to have. Yeah. And I think that's a really good first step. Um, but, and I think part of that conversation that would be incredibly helpful as well is, is understanding, you know, why why was it important for you to, to, to work on X project, right? Why was it important for you to work in this type of role? Or why was it important for you to work for this type of company? You know, what was the significance of that decision and that experience that really played to, um, you know, helping to build up your credentials or your experience and your portfolio to prepare you for this, you know, for the current, you know, role or the current position or the current experience that that you're currently in. Um, I think that's equally as important, right, is understanding the why to those, to those things and, and start to build um, that into your own plan, right. Um, And, and your own journey. it's It's an interesting point because I did want to pick up on, you said earlier in our conversation about how, you feel so much more fulfilled in what you're doing now. And in this process of enabling these women to reach their career goals, I wondered, was was that sense of purpose or the why, did that form part of the conversation so that they don't sort of reach this stage in their career? And suddenly it's like, why did I want this? Actually, this is not really aligned with my purpose, my values. Um, at all. So talk to me a little bit more about how that, that kind of plays a role or, or does it, or how important is it? It's incredibly important because there are, you know, within that project plan, um, of, of your career, there are going to be some really tough moments. Mm. 
And it's very hard to stay motivated during those tough moments and to stay focused if um, you don't have an understanding of what your why is or your why, you know, is not meaningful enough. Yeah. For example, I, you know, worked, um, you know, with a client who said to me, Liang, I have put this on hold. I, this is something that I want for myself. And I made the decision. I saved up money and I'm ready for this. I want to make it happen. Um, and I'm doing this for myself because I, I really need this and I really want this. And I'm also doing this for my children. I want to be able to set an example for them. Um, and I want them to be really proud of their mother. And that, that was her starting point. And how much, you know, like, as I'm saying this, I am a little like teary. I, that's a really powerful why. And there is nothing that was stopping her from reaching her goal. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can because well it was imagine. so vivid. Yeah. It was so clear for her in terms of like why, you know, why she was doing this. And, um, and she was incredibly focused, right. On, on hitting those goals. Wow. It's incredible. So are there any other considerations then within this project management? And interestingly, it sounds like the kind of template or framework that you can use for a lot of different things. So I suppose I'd love to know what specifically gets in the way uh, for women or for diverse women, or is there, is there anything else that you can add to the mix that is worth considering when we're trying to manage our careers? Yeah, I, I think one of the the um, most glaring factors, which is part of the a large um, social conversation today, um, are the systems that create barriers for advancement that may be out of your control, right? Um, and so, what I'm referring to here are um, you know systemic issues that create bias systemic issues that, that, um, you know, are, you know, racist, um, systemic issues that, um, you know, really alienates and overlooks people, um, who are equally, um, as qualified, right. To do certain things. And unfortunately I've heard these stories and I've experienced these moments, um, firsthand, um, more often, right, mm. than, than, you know, it's, in my opinion, should exist in the, yeah. in the world. I, I don't think it should exist at all. No, no. Um, and so what, what do you do to navigate that, right, when you are encountering it, when you are working for a manager that is clearly blocking you from advancing mm. uh, because of their own um, you know, unconscious bias, or you're working in an environment where the system that is in place um, really works against you, right? In 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 some capacity, what what do you do in in those um, in those moments? And so, um, because every situation is very unique, um, we talk about you know what those what those barriers are. You know, what are those those factors? And it's all about decision making in your career. Right. Um, and so we can, we all have within our power to decide where do we put our energy in order to achieve our goals, right? Um, where is our strength 
and the value that we bring and the um, the amount of, of effort, right, that we, we want to put into it, where, where does it um, play um, in our favor, right, in helping us achieve the goals that we're looking for? And those are the things that we, that, you know, I, I talk through um, with my clients to help you know, look at the problem holistically and look at the, you know, the, the challenge that they're facing holistically and come up with a plan and, and, and really help them, um, to make a decision, right. In terms of like, how do you want to approach this? Um, and so there isn't a one size fits all. Mm. Um, we all don't have to go down the same path. Um, there are, there are options, right. Um, and it's about understanding, you know, what those options are and the, the risk and benefits, right. Of each option. Yeah. Really interesting. Cause you know, I mean, straight away, I'm thinking if I encounter that, I'd probably be inclined to find another job where that doesn't exist. I totally agree with you. I think that's it doesn't need to exist in the world that we're in today. And it's really surprising that it does. Um, but it does because I've, you know, I've I haven't encountered it firsthand, let's say, but I have heard of other people who have encountered it. And, you know, it's. Yeah, like what? What do we do? Do you have an example to share? Like, you know, obviously you're not revealing client details, but of a decision, mm-hmm. of tough decision that someone has had to make because it really does boil down to that, like tough decision making. Yeah, um, I think the the most common decision um, is making the choice to leave. Yeah, and sometimes that is a, t- a really tough decision. Um, you know, it is a. I think for some people that choice is easier than it is for others Mm. due to their professional circumstances, due to the stage that they're in, um, you know, or a stage that they're at in their career, um, due to their personal, personal, um, circumstances as well, right. And obligations, um, that they have. And so, um, I often it's, it's reaching that decision point of saying, okay, I've been feeling this way for a while and I'm, I'm really, I'm ready to make a move. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm ready to find something else. Yeah. Yeah. Something that, that aligns a little bit more where I have the opportunity to progress, for example. Mm-hmm. Or just working in an environment where you feel respected, right. Yeah. And you feel like an equal yeah. um, and that you can, you have the, you have the platform to be able to contribute in a, in a meaningful way. And I suppose one other thing that I wanted to explore, it's not necessarily within that topic, but it is relevant. If you're saying that there's a systemic problem, like what we're talking about is very much an individual and how do we manage it at an individual level, but how can we manage it at that kind of the higher level to tackle the systemic nature of what's going on? Yeah, I I think companies... um really and this is this is going beyond the pr that is out there right now Mm. um going beyond the things that are flashy and the things that um you know are prable in public and really looking at the things that you don't talk about um you know in a in a news publication, right. That's going to, you know, put you on a pedestal, um, you know, as, as a brand or as an employer. And, and these, these smaller things are, you know, what is your process for evaluating candidates? 
who are you selecting to be part of your interview panel that are making decisions about who gets the job and who doesn't get the job? And, um, you know, is there fairness um, in that process, right? Um, and that decision-making um, during, during that process. And the same goes for, um, you know, who is making this decision and part of the conversation and invited into the conversation um, in terms of who gets that flashy project, right? Or who gets to work with the high-profile clients or who gets to um, be promoted, um, you know, do you have systems in place that are helping the company mitigate any potential um, systemic issues, right, that are causing your, ultimately causing your company, you know, and it, it's from a revenue perspective, from a brand perspective, from a PR perspective to suffer long term. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um and do you have any thoughts on the kind of systems? Like, would that be, I mean, I'm a total, another data nerd. Is it kind of looking at data and having a, using that kind of information to detect whether there are issues along the way of who's actually being awarded the specific projects, which managers are making those decisions? And is there a kind of a correlation between uh, people who are being systematically left out, essentially? Yeah, I, I think part of it is is looking at the data, and I, I actually don't doubt that uh, most companies are doing that. Okay, um, they are looking at the data. Where I think um, you know things fall short, um, you know that's that's preventing from real progress to be made is being really curious about what the data is telling you. Yeah digging even further, right? Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's down to the manager level, right? Or the employee level and having those conversations to understand, okay, what's, what's the story? What is this information really telling me? Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the hard work comes in. That's not something that you can, um, you can hack, Right. That requires real commitment. Yeah. That requires real genuine interest. That requires genuine care and empathy. And um, and that's where the real work happens. Right. Um, in in actually seeing change um, and progress being made um, in these areas. And that's where I see um, the commitment, you know, falling short. Right. In in some capacity is doing that real work. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. It's tough and there are going to be some tough conversations to have. And exactly like you say, this is the mm -hmm. stuff that's below the level of the PR and the news article and being featured and saying all these great things about your organization. This is at the, the grassroots level where it's actually happening and making a difference, having those difficult conversations, looking at the data and really being honest about what's what's happening in your own organization. Um Brilliant. Is there anything else that you would like to share in relation to whether it's diverse women or managing our careers? Is there anything else that you feel like you haven't got across today? I, I mean, I, my lasting thought is um, it's yours to take. Whatever it is that you aspire, it is yours to take. Um, and it's just about making, getting to that point where you're making the decision, right, to, to chase after yeah. it. And so I, I think, um, you know, anything and everything's attainable. Um, 
but I think the hardest part is just reaching that decision, right? To, to do it, right? Uh, to say, hey, I want it. To take personal responsibility, essentially, like take, mm-hmm. take ownership for your own career because no one else is going to step in and do it for you. You need to step up to the plate. Absolutely. Love that. Great, great advice. And so, Liang, the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what makes you happier at work? Oh, such a good question. Um, what makes me happier at work is when I am able to build really great, um, meaningful bonds with people, mm-hmm. um, like really seeing seeing them as who they are, you know, the, the individual, the whole person, and um, helping them achieve whatever that change is that they're looking for, um, you know, to, in order to grow and and be better. So that, you know, when I'm able to do that, that makes me so happy, um, you know, in the work that I'm doing, whether it was, you know, at my, in my previous life when I was working for companies or in my current life when I'm working with clients. Yeah. Brilliant. Love that. And if people want to reach out to connect with you, to learn more about what you do, what is the best way that they can do that? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Liang Chung, L-E-A-N-G-C-H-U-N-G is the last name. And um, you can also uh, connect with me or or see some of the, um, you know, services and and work and and testimonials from my previous clients on um, the Pluristack website, uh, which is P-E-L-O-R-A Stack. Brilliant. Love it. Thank you so much for your time today, Liang. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and we'll definitely keep in touch and keep that bond going anyway. So thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely. The feeling's mutual. Thank you. As always, I'm going to be summarizing some of the key points that Liang and I discussed on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. I really took a lot away from it. Um, Really, really interesting discussion. And I loved that I was able to add to it from some of the insights that I had recently read about in that book that I mentioned at the start, How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. But before I dive into the summary, I wanted to remind you again of that website for the Happier at Work podcast, which is happieratwork.ie. There you you will find multiple ways to connect with me. You will find also uh, the services that I offer. You will find links to my social media where we will be talking about some of the key points from the podcast. And I would love to know of your own experiences of any of the themes that have come up in today's podcast. And now back to the summary. So we spoke about the biggest challenge for minority women being how to get from A to B. So having a really clear roadmap or a project plan, they understand the end goal already. But what really gets in the way is understanding what their strengths are and how to leverage those They also really struggle, particularly with networking. And in relation to that, it's about reframing that. So women typically are very good relationship builders, but often what gets in the way is being able to leverage that relationship to our own benefit. And it's thinking about where do I take the relationship next? Did the person learn something from you, for example? And go into relationships with the intention of giving or building a better relationship. And it's all about forming habits that will continually build on those relationships. 
Another aspect of this is building in milestones into the project plan and really celebrating those milestones. I know for me, that's something I often neglect to do. So I forget sometimes to celebrate the little milestones along the way to reaching my goals. Think about how are you growing? How are you learning each step of the way? And bring it back to the why. Why is it that you're doing what you're doing? What is your purpose? And reflecting on the why really helps you to get through those tough moments. And there will be tough moments. We touched on briefly some of the systems that really create barriers for minority women. And that is the bias, the racism, the alienation and being overlooked And they often have unique experiences in the workplace and are really crucial for decision making within an organization. One of the key questions posed by Liang was, where do we put our energy in order to achieve our goals? And it's really important for people to work in an environment where you feel respected. And it's about going beyond the PR or the flashy nature of racism and bias, thinking about what is the process for evaluating candidates, who is on the panel, is there fairness, who makes the decision around projects, around promotions, and put systems in place to mitigate systemic issues. And go into everything with a curious mindset, have a real interest and have care and empathy and commitment. There is also this concept of taking personal responsibility for our own actions, each and every one of us, and go in with the attitude that it's out there for the taking and it's yours to take if you want it. If there is a different decision that you can make, make that decision. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend. You'll find me on the website happieratwork.ie.